this place. Okay. All right, you ready? Mm -hmm. And three, two, one. Hello, friends. Uh, we are back here on the Seeking Excellence podcast. It's Josie again. Um, my intros are always so weird, but. Um, <laughs> Today I'm super pumped, as I'm always excited, uh, to talk to you guys about mental health and integrating our faith and spirituality um, into our mental health and what, um, you know, how do the mind and spirit interact, right? Um, because at Seeking Excellence, we have seven pillars um, that we talk about and two of them are um, yeah, that, that spiritual side, but also like that intellectual side. Um, and this is something that I feel like personally, the Lord has been calling me to in the past year. Um, just, I think more just like, how do you find joy in everyday life? Right. Um, in the present moment. And, um, something that I always come back to when being like, God, what do you want for me? I'm always like thinking like, Oh, like I'll be happier when I get this or that, but it's like, no, God's calling me here to this present moment and I need to find joy in that. Um, but something he keeps pulling me back to is his will is found in the present moment. Um, and a big part of that is, you know, our thoughts, right? Our thoughts either want to go to the future, to the past, but we need to root them in the present, um, which I think really integrates a lot with our minds and understanding how they work and operate, um, which is why today I'm bringing on my friend Monica. Um, Monica is a lifelong Catholic and has a master's degree in clinical mental health counseling. Um, she currently works as a registered mental health counselor intern while working toward her independent licensure and specializes in providing therapy and outreach services for college students. Um, she also enjoys writing, volunteering in her community. She helps with our youth ministry, which I am so grateful for at Holy Family Catholic Church here in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, and she loves just the starting intentional conversations about the integration of faith and mental health, which is perfect to have you on the podcast today. So Monica, welcome to the podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited to get to talk about this because mental health and the faith are two things that I am so personally passionate about and part of what I have been working to do and hope to continue to do throughout my life is find ways to mesh the two and increase conversation and awareness about how our minds play a role in our spiritual life. Yeah, yeah. So I guess um, just to start things off from your perspective, what what does that integration look like? Mm -hmm. You know, like, um, how does the faith affect the mind? How does the mind affect your faith? Like in your ex like personal experiences in your experiences in working in this field, what, what would you mm -hmm. say? Yeah, that's such a great question. And I love what you mentioned before about the seven different pillars of seeking excellence and how in that you have spirituality and, uh, the mental aspect as two of those pillars. And there's a lot of different models of kind of holistic wellness and sure. looking at all the different parts of ourselves. But the idea is that all of these different pieces of us overlap and mm. all of them affect the other. Um, so we're talking about faith and mental health, but in reality, there's so many other things that play a role in who we are and how we navigate life as well. Mm -hmm. So looking specifically at faith and mental health. Um, there's been so much research done about how people who have some sort of faith or engage with spirituality 
uh, experience more positive mental health. Um, there's higher resilience factors because we're able to sort of look outside of ourselves and rely on um, an exterior strength when we might, might not be able to yeah. handle things on our own mm-hmm. because as humans, we can't do everything on our own, unfortunately. Really? As much as we, as much as we <laughs> might like to. Um, and so being able to have like that extra resilience and support in the spiritual life has a ton of effects on how we view ourselves, how we view relationships, mm-hmm. how we view the world around us, and then how we engage in mm-hmm. all of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that makes total sense. How have like you noticed, like, I guess as you've learned more about like mental health, how have you learned to, um, yeah, like integrate it into into your own faith and mm-hmm. allow the faith maybe to help you in times of struggle or this or that? Because we we all struggle mentally in one mm-hmm. one way or another. Like someone that says they aren't struggling, like that's a lie. We're human beings. Like mm-hmm. we struggle with our thoughts. We struggle with our emotions. We struggle. Like we're just yeah. struggling here, you know. But like it's how we deal with them, right? So like, mm-hmm. what are some things that have been helpful? I guess for you, um, in the mental health counseling field. Um, that have been beneficial for your intellectual well-being, but like your faith as well, and just you as a person, right? Yeah, again, all those things overlap so much. (laughs) I think a big one is learning how to understand myself and my human experience Mm. in better ways. Okay. Because when we think about who we are, like as humans, we are mind, body, and spirit. Mm -hmm. And so often in the faith world, I think we focus so much on the spirit part, yeah. which is yeah. absolutely important, but also we are mind. Mm-hmm. And so being able to um, start to really understand what it means to be a person with a mind mm-hmm. and how our thoughts uh, play a role in who we are as people and how we go about making decisions and living our life and connecting. Um, and so by becoming more aware of what it just looks like to um, engage with the mental side of ourselves, of of myself, speaking from my Mm -hmm. experience, helped me to then understand more about who God created me to be. Sure, yeah. How he's working in the design of of my life and of Mm -hmm. the people around me. And when I can start to understand that part of myself better, it helps draw me closer to the Lord Mm. um, in that physical, mental, spiritual aspect. Um, and I think a big part of what that looks like is learning how to be present mm-hmm. um, and how to understand what is happening right here, right now. How is God showing up in my life? How is God um, calling me into certain things? What is God speaking to me? Mm-hmm. Um, and being able to figure out how I can quiet my mind, like you have mentioned before, about our thoughts going so much into the past or so much into the future, mm-hmm. how I can really focus on what is happening now. And, and using that to make intentional choices. Yeah. Oh, there's so much, like, good stuff I wanted to, yeah. like, riff off of there. But, like, I think the something that keeps coming back to me this year, um, like, the Lord's been calling me more to more awareness of myself. Like you said, mm-hmm. like, when you come to know yourself better, you come to know God better, right? Because he created you. And so you recognize the creator in the, create, the creation, right? Absolutely. Um, and just, like the idea of being a guardian of our thoughts, right? Because I think a lot of times, like, I'm I'm a deep thinker, so, like, a thought comes into my head, and, like, I'll, like, 
be thinking of I'll let it like distract me from everything I'm doing like I might be present where I am but like my mind is elsewhere and like Mm -hmm. I'm physically present but my mind is elsewhere like spiraling with this thought right or whatever it may be um but the reality is like thoughts are either from us from the devil or from God right like not every thought that comes into our minds is like from God and I think it's it's discerning that and recognizing that like and especially if something is I'd love your thoughts on this, but especially if something is, like, pulling us from the present moment, I, I really think it's, like, question if that if that's truly from God, um, because it might just be from us, like, getting distracted, or it might be from the devil trying to take us away from what we're, what God's calling us to do in that moment, but I, I've been just aware of that lately. If something's distracting me from the present moment, it's distracting me from the will of God, because the will of God is found in mm-hmm. the present moment. Um, yeah, your thoughts on that, I don't know. Yeah, I think there's so much truth to that, that God works in the now. Mm -hmm. And when we get so caught up in all of these other places that our mind goes, we become blind to what God might be putting right in front of us. Yeah. And that's such an important thing to be able to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. And I think something we're all so longing for, yet we do all of these other things that keep us stuck in the past or um, looking forward to the future. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, And so this is kind of where the idea of mindfulness can come in that we hear, I think everyone, when they hear the word mindfulness, there's a lot of different thoughts and feelings that come up with that. But the reality is that mindfulness is a practice of paying attention Mm -hmm. and of learning how to be present. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's so many different kind of exercises and activities that can help us to be able to do that. Um, But it's really about being able to experience God in what is happening within ourselves and around us. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of why this is so important is because when we're um, kind of struggling with more of like a depression side, that's where we get stuck in the past, or mm-hmm. if we're struggling more with anxiety, that's where we get stuck in the future. Um, our mind isn't able to be present in those times. We can't be in the future and the present at the same time or the past and the present at the same time. Mm -hmm. So it's really important for us to be able to do things to become present Mm -hmm. um, so that we can open ourselves to hearing God, um, to just spending time with him where we don't have to be saying all of these different prayers or doing all these things Mm or, um, like we can just be Mm -hmm. with the Lord. Mm -hmm and experience stillness and presence and even just saying that right now like it feels so different Mm -hmm. um and something that our hearts are all craving yeah yeah especially just like in this world where everything moves a million miles a minute and like it's go 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 like Mm -hmm. I mean I've talked about this on the podcast a lot about like how like we have to make time for silence every day, right? Like that's essential to our well-being spiritually, but like just as a person. Um, but I think like this idea of like quote unquote mindfulness that you bring up is an important one that I've kind of been learning about in the last like uh, couple months. I've been um, reading Dr. Greg Batero's A Mindful Catholic, and who, if you don't know, um, Dr. Batero, he runs the I think it's called the Catholic Psych Institute um but he also has like this book that basically he talks about how mindfulness isn't like this new agey thing like I feel like when you hear mindfulness in the world you think of like like Buddha or like you know just like oh like come by yeah I don't know just like that's the connotation like I have or had to it and then 
he kind of kind of what you just said it's just the practice of being present um and integrating it's not emptying your mind it's filling it with the right things it's um recognizing the voice of god in your life and the, the voices of you know maybe the devil or yourself right and like um yeah just rooting yourself where you are so we can live that abundant life that we're called to so i don't know it's just it's just been really cool to to think about that um but i guess going with that um can you share a bit a little bit more about like what mindfulness is and then how is it different than like prayer or like meditation or like I feel like we hear all these terms out there and people are like are prayer and meditation the same thing as mindfulness Mm -hmm. like I don't know how are they all integrated is what would your thoughts on that be yeah it can definitely get confusing (laughs) hearing all of these words and trying to figure out what it means and what is helpful and what might not be helpful Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think it's really important to differentiate mindfulness and prayer because Mm -hmm. Um, mindfulness by itself is not prayer. Yeah. Mindfulness is, like I said, that practice of paying attention and of becoming present. Mm-hmm. It can be used um, as an avenue to then pray or to mm-hmm. be used before prayer to help get yourself into that, that more mindset. present state mm-hmm. and be ready to um, engage in that conversation with the Lord or to be able to receive mm-hmm. more fully. Um, but they are still separate things. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, in essence, mindfulness is really about paying attention to what is happening within yourself, um, physically and mentally, and paying attention to what is happening around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of this can be done through engaging the senses mm-hmm. and paying attention to your breath. Mm-hmm. Because these are things that are only happening in the present. Sure. We get so caught up in our mind, which is anywhere but the present, but um, our body and our senses are literally happening right here, right now mm-hmm. around us. And so one of my favorite uh, practices that I do to help myself become mindful, because, you know, my, my mind is all over the place all the time. Yeah. Um, definitely not perfect at this. So uh, something that I use to help myself is going through each of my five senses and noticing things that are happening around me mm-hmm. and going really slowly as I do this and, and picking out things that are interesting or that I might not have noticed before, mm-hmm. um, like the way a shadow is flickering along the wall mm-hmm. um, or a noise from something in my apartment that I've never even paid attention to before. Um, I feel the softness of the fabric of my, my shorts along my skin or whatever mm-hmm. it might be and really just noticing things that I so quickly pass by. Mm -hmm. And so when we spend our time starting to notice these things and and reflecting on, um, like, what is it like to exist right here, right now, Mm -hmm. as I am, that can help us to become more focused, become more centered, and not centered on ourselves, but centered on what it means for us to be us mm. and then when we can use that state to shift into more of a prayer where we are in communication with the Lord where we're able to share our hearts with him and receive from him we're much more able to engage in that as fully us without those distractions without whatever thoughts are running through our mind without um, feeling really anxious from whatever we were doing before this mm-hmm. but we can just be mm. and we can receive and we can give and so it's such an asset to use these practices in connection with prayer mm-hmm. um, while also understanding that they are separate things. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I love how you distinguish that because prayer 
is our conversation with the Lord. It's like that intimate dialogue with our creator, right? Mm-hmm. And our savior. And, um, but it's sometimes it's hard to enter into that when our minds everywhere, right? Like we all have those times where we've like tried to go pray for like 30 minutes and like are so distracted for 25 of them. And then mm-hmm. it's finally like, we're talking to Jesus and like, Oh, I got to go. Like, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's like, I think it's so good to, to think of like mindfulness is like rooting yourself in the present moment. And it's funny cause I've been going through Dr. Patera's book, um, with my sister and each chapter kind of lists different like exercises you can practice. And, um, I've been trying to like start practicing them before prayer. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's not what he suggests just to like enter into the present moment. And I will admit, like, it feels weird. Like it feels weird. Like, like, like you said, do going through your senses or like trying to like feel like your breath or feel mm-hmm. this or like slow down. It's almost like I, I want to rush through it. Right. Um, but like it's, it's, so, I mean, I'm sure you've been at it much longer than I have, but like it takes practice and it allows us to just continue to work on like being present. So then we can enter into prayer better. Um, Mm -hmm. and so we have less distractions and we can enter into that meditation with the Lord or like Mm -hmm. if we're doing spiritual reading, like truly enter into that, um, prayer, you know? Yeah, exactly. And like you said, it's a practice. It's not a perfect. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to struggle with this and there's going to be things that come up. Mm-hmm. And a really important part of mindfulness is not judging ourselves. Mm-hmm. That when we experience those distractions, when we, you know, sit down to practice mindfulness and we do it for 12 seconds and then spend <laughs> 10 minutes worrying about what we have to do tomorrow, we bring ourselves back to that moment, whatever yeah. we remember. And it's continually making that choice again and again and again to bring ourselves back, Mm -hmm. to pay attention, to really take in the beauty of what God has created Mm -hmm. in us and around us Mm -hmm. um, and commit to just doing that as many times as it takes. Mm -hmm. Um, It's so important to not beat ourselves up for struggling with it or not doing it perfectly. There's no perfect way to do it. And that's such an important lesson that if we can start to learn this with this practice, we can then take that demeanor into so many other areas of our lives because we all judge ourselves way too much and and it's tearing us down. Yeah. And like, we're not perfect. We're human beings. And even taking that into our relationship with our Lord and trusting, like just embracing our littleness and our humanity and recognizing like, yeah, we're not perfect, so we need our Savior. You know, that's why he died for us, you know, because of mm-hmm. our littleness, but, like, clinging to his merciful love from that. And, like, mindfulness helps with that because the, the mistakes and the constant frustration of, like, I'm trying to be in the present moment, but I'm thinking this and that. And, like, but, again, it's, it goes back to being that guardian of our thoughts, and we're not going to be perfect, but when we recognize, oh, like, why am I feeling anxious right now? Oh, Like, I'm thinking way too much about this situation that hasn't happened, that probably won't happen. Like, I need to, like, bring it back, you know? Um, It's so good. Certainly. And experiencing um, that mindfulness or doing these mindful practices helps us to become attuned to moments like that. Mm -hmm. If we're prone to anxiety, um, I know I'm kind of always thinking about what's the next finish line? What's the next thing on my to-do list? What have I not done well? Like, my thoughts can go towards all those questions. Yeah. And when I have that experience of practicing mindfulness, I can notice 
okay, what is going on in my body when I'm feeling anxious? Mm -hmm. Or when I get more into that doing mode instead of the being mode? Mm. What signals around me show me that that's going on? Mm. So I'm not always the best at being able to pinpoint it all, even as a therapist. I'm not not always great at that. (laughs) Um, But I can notice like, okay, well, my chest is feeling kind of tight. Or I am feeling a little bit more jittery than Mm -hmm. normal. Or my room isn't as clean as normal. And so I can notice these things happening and then say okay well what do I want to do with this information yeah if I can pause and take this in how can I then use this to make a change that will be helpful for me mm-hmm. and that's where we start to get a little bit into what you do after mindfulness yeah because there's this experience of okay I'm doing all these practices and I'm trying to be present and using my senses and then what yeah And we can use that calmness that we've created or this greater awareness of ourselves and others to then become more intentional with how we're living our Mm -hmm. lives and how we're loving the people around us, what decisions we're making, and whether that's drawing us closer to the Lord and and closer to the people he created us to be, Mm. or if it's drawing us further away. Mm -hmm. No, I love that. And that just brings me back to like an example in my own life. Like even this morning, I... I coach a girl in tennis a couple times a week, and um, I, I'll be honest, like, sometimes, like, I don't want to go out there, like, I'm thinking, like, oh, I just can't wait to get through this to get to, like, the part of my day I'm looking forward to, or, like, the next thing, or whatever, and I notice whenever I'm like that, like, it's, like, you see that thing as a burden, right, like, and you don't want to do it, um, but I remember this morning, like, I had my prayer time, I was going to mass, and um, honestly, like, just, like, I don't know, when I know I have to coach tennis after, I'm, like, kind of in this, like, antsy state or whatever, but I was, like, you know what, no, like, I get to, like, be here and encounter this person and, like, be Christ to this person and love this girl for the two hours I'm on the tennis court with her and, like, truly, like, entering into those moments, even parts of our day, I feel like maybe we, quote, unquote, don't enjoy as much or don't think we do or maybe you're just not feeling it that day or whatever, but I feel like, Again, like, yeah, being mindful of the present moment, like, inviting the Lord into that moment, and then it's like, okay, this is what he's asking of me, I'm going to do this to the best of my ability, and I I just think it's so, so important to just, like, daily joy, you know, like, how do you find the joy of daily life, because I, I just noticed in my own life, it's not, like, sure, we can have dreams and, like, goals and stuff, but when we get to that goal, like, we're going to have another and another. Like, we're never mm-hmm. satisfied here, right? So there's always that that restlessness, I mean, ultimately until heaven. But um, even still, like, God's calling us to live the abundant life, and that abundant life is here and now and what's in front of us. Um, mm-hmm. So I just think it's so important in all of this. Yeah, totally, and... Um, that word joy is just something that I love so much and you you radiate joy so (laughs) um so often when we think of joy we think of all these big life moments that we might experience joy and those are wonderful Mm -hmm. but we don't have those all the time Mm -hmm. and in reality so much of joy is found in the little moments Mm -hmm. in the most simple things that we can see beauty in or that we see love or connection or hope in Mm -hmm. 
And if those are happening in the small moments, we have to be able to notice the small moments. Mm -hmm. We pass by so many things that could bring us joy, but we don't give it the time of day. Sure. And when we can kind of slow down and quiet ourselves and humble ourselves and just take in like the beauty of the life around us, we're so much more able to have capacity for joy and live it out more sustainably Mm -hmm. rather than just these kind of like one time every here and there um yeah yeah different highs that we might experience throughout life where then we crash down Mm -hmm. but it's like we can search for seek and find Mm. joy no matter what Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because joy is god so it's like finding god and everything so Mm -hmm. it's like that is where we find joy yeah so good. I, I did want to ask you, like, what are some of your favorite um, mindfulness, like, practices just to, like, bring you back to the present moment? I know you mentioned, like, the senses. I, I like, actually, you told me that, like, a month ago, and I actually have done it sometimes. I'm like, oh, like, what's one thing I can taste and smell and see? And, like, I would just go through it. It's, it's been cool. But are there any others that you would like to share? Yeah, totally. So one that I um, have started doing over the past few months is just saying the phrase, Jesus, help me to be present here with you. Mm. Uh, When I find myself struggling or um, a lot of times when I get to Mass, instead of just sitting down and starting to list off whatever things I want to pray for, just saying, like, Jesus, help me to be present here with you. I love that. And that's, again, kind of a way to bring in the mindfulness and prayer together. Mm -hmm. Um, So finding some sort of statement like that that works for you as a go-to reminder when you're feeling more anxious, feeling more distracted, and you need to be present. Mm -hmm. Having, whether it's you want to copy that exact one or or something else that stands out to you, um, having some sort of phrase to go to and Mm -hmm. repeat that to yourself as you're focusing on your breathing. Yeah. Breathing is such an important thing. We're all doing it all the time, hopefully. (laughs) And yet we don't really know how to breathe well Mm -hmm. uh, for so many of us. And, um, a really helpful breathing practice is something that's called box breathing. Uh-huh. And uh, what it is is you breathe in your nose for four seconds, you hold your breath for four seconds, and you breathe out your mouth for eight seconds. Mm. So if you picture the four sides of a box, sure, yeah, um, you can kind of imagine yourself going around all of that. And it's a way to help regulate our breath because um, when we are, again, in that more anxious state yeah, or whatever... Yeah our breathing isn't efficient and it gets all off pace. Our body's not getting the oxygen it needs. And so we can, when we can intentionally kind of slow ourselves down and set that pace, Mm -hmm. it signals to our body, okay, it's time to calm down. Mm -hmm. I can rest here. And when we can reflect on, okay, I'm breathing in. What does it feel like to hold that breath? What does it feel like to count as I breathe out? Pay attention to what is happening physically in Mm -hmm. your body. And that's a way to... Uh, start to become present while still giving yourself something to think about Mm -hmm. because it's really hard to just quiet your mind and not think about anything that's not the goal (laughs) yeah like especially for women jeez (laughs) that is not the goal to not think about anything it's to think about the present and Mm. so um you can use your breath as something to focus on and those sensations there or you can use all your senses um, and start with one sense Find, find all the things around you you can see. Find things you can hear. Sure. Uh, touch, smell, taste. Go through all your senses uh, as a way to help yourself become grounded when it's easy to sort yep. of think about 
anything yeah. else. Yeah. I love those. I love both of those. So I'll have to just add those to my list. Something that I do practically, and I didn't even think about it as, like, bringing me back to, like, quote-unquote mindfulness, but I started doing um, on my, I just have, like, a Garmin watch, or, you know, one that can set alarms, and I started setting alarms. Did I tell you this? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I started setting alarms, like, random times throughout the day, so I think I have one set for, like, 9 a.m., noon, 3, and 6, and it, it goes off, and I call them my Jesus alarms, because I want to be, re- I want to recognize in each moment the ways that the Lord's loving me, but then mm-hmm. also the ways that I can, like, love him in return. Um, so whenever my Jesus alarms go off, I think, like, okay, how is Jesus loving me right now? Like, whether, maybe it's, like, in this moment, like, he's loving me through this conversation with Monica, and I get to, like, we get to share him to the listeners, right? Mm-hmm. Or, like, when I'm, you know, reading or doing work, like, what am, where am I with people? Um, and so it's, it's funny, because a lot of my friends now are like, oh, think about Jesus, like, whenever my alarm goes off. So that's another practical thing that I think is kind of fun um that's helped me like kind of root myself like back to the present when my mind's elsewhere yeah certainly and to be able to find a strategy that works for you to remind you of what is important yeah um and just thinking about like behavior change and habits and building in those structures in your life to Mm -hmm. help you with this um because a lot of this can feel kind of overwhelming or like where do I start yeah it can be the most simple things where you just start adding something in Mm -hmm. and seeing what it feels like to Mm -hmm. um become more grounded become more present and and be able to focus then Mm -hmm. on how the Lord is showing up yeah no I love that I love that. Um, I did want to ask you, just like in your field, what do you think like we as Catholics should be aware of about like mental health just in general? Mm-hmm. I think the first thing is to be aware that mental health exists mm. and matters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I see a lot of people um, spiritualizing mental health Mm -hmm. and saying that it's something that just needs to be prayed about or just offer it up Mm -hmm. or this means something about sinfulness or we we try to turn mental health into something spiritual and it could be sometimes it those things are associated with it but it doesn't mean that just because someone's suffering from depression or anxiety or something else like doesn't mean that they're not praying they're not offering up they're not doing these things you know right right and that is that is such a good point where uh, of course like praying about it and offering it up can be helpful but it can't that can't be the only thing Mm -hmm. Um, that mental health is absolutely like something created by god he gave us minds he gave us brains he gave us mental health Mm -hmm. um and mental health struggles or mental illness are real medical conditions sure and people deserve to have spiritual support in that and to have mental support in yeah that. yeah um, and so anyone struggling with mental health whether it's a diagnosable condition or just encountering stress or life struggles sure that that doesn't mean anything necessarily about where you're at as a person of faith mm-hmm. and it's not shameful to need support Uh, There have been so many times in my life where I have 
like reached out to people for support. I've been in and out of therapy for, yeah. for years. Um, I've been on medication for mental health and mm-hmm. throughout all of that, like my faith has continued to grow. Yeah. Um, and it's so important to be able to seek out that support so that we can then live the spiritual life mm. that we need to live. Because when people don't get mental health support, it often draws people away from the faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so the biggest thing I think is just to know that mental health is real and important and needs to be talked about. Mm -hmm. No, I love, I love all that, which, um, makes you think of just like counseling in general or going to see a therapist or anything like that. Um, I feel like there's less of a stigma now than there used to be, especially because I feel like mental health just as a society is talked about a lot. Um, but yeah, I guess with that, like who, what are the benefits you think from counseling and like who should see a therapist or a counselor and like when, you know, when should people be like, Oh, like maybe I should go to counseling or like, this would be good for me. Like any advice to listeners there? Yeah. I, I personally think that anyone can benefit from counseling. And if you're asking yourself that question, like, should I go see a counselor? Should I go like, should I get some support? And the answer is probably yes. Yeah. Um, that counseling is not one size fits all. There's so many things that you mm-hmm. can gain from counseling. Um, and so if there's something in your life that has been on your mind for a long time and you're not sure what to do with it, counseling can be so helpful. Mm-hmm. If you're struggling with um, like a diagnosis, of a mental health condition of some sort, then counseling can help provide healing from that mm-hmm. um, or guide you in recovery or whatever that looks like in your personal experience there's a decision you need to make if you're struggling with transition or relationships yeah um like anything that you want support in counseling is there for sure and by going and being in a space with someone who's not judging you who is there purely to support you you get to become more fully yourself Mm mm-hmm Because all of these other things that we're talking about are drawing us away from who we were created to be. Mm -hmm. And the counseling room is a space where you can let all of that go Mm -hmm. and start to let your guards down, get rid of whatever else is holding you back, and learn what it means to just be you. Mm. Uh, And that's a hard process for a lot of people. It definitely doesn't happen just in one session. It's this learning of like, okay, how can I get rid of these things that are keeping me from being whole and from being healthy and from being happy. Mm. Um, And that's something that we struggle to experience in so many ways. Or Mm -hmm. we, um, something I've been thinking about recently is a lot of us can hear these messages um, like from speakers at conferences or we in videos or homilies, we might be spoken truth on a regular basis but it feels so different when you're sitting one-on-one with someone sharing your heart and they can look directly at you and speak the truth Mm -hmm. into your life because Mm -hmm. at that point you can't deny it if you're in a big conference room you can be like yeah these speakers are talking to everybody except me yeah or they're they're speaking to the person next to me but that doesn't apply to my life Mm -hmm. but in counseling and therapy like it's being said directly into your heart Mm. and there's so much transformation that can happen um in your mental health, in your spiritual life, and whatever you're bringing into that room. And it's really vulnerable, and it can be yeah. really scary. And it's also one of the most beautiful things uh, that I've ever gotten the privilege to be a part of on both sides, mm-hmm. as the client and as the therapist. Yeah. No, I'm sure it's a very, like, beautiful and unique 
like viewpoint that you've been able to see both both sides there so that's that's amazing Mm -hmm. I do have a question I know we talked about it before but I think our listeners might benefit from it is like Catholic counselor or not Catholic counselor what like should all Catholics see a Catholic mental health counselor or is it okay to go to a secular one just because like the spiritual life is so integral into who we are and like Mm -hmm. if our faith is literally the thing that revolve you know our life is based on like yeah I guess just like how yeah your thoughts yes I have a lot of thoughts this is such a good question um and long story short you do not have to see a catholic counselor Mm -hmm. I think it can be beneficial in certain cases, um, especially if you are personally dealing with something that is very tied to the faith, mm-hmm. um, or there are some mental health conditions like uh, scrupulosity is a sure. form of OCD that yep. um, is tied to the faith. So there are certain things where having a counselor who understands the faith and practices the faith could add something to treatment. Yeah. But by and large, like all counselors are trained to... Um, look at everyone as a unique individual and understand mm-hmm. the whole person. Mm-hmm. And so even if you have a counselor who is of another faith or isn't doesn't practice the faith, um, they are trained in how to receive who you are and help you make decisions mm-hmm. and gain insight into your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's unfortunate that there's not like more Christian or Catholic counselors yeah. to where we all could have one if we wanted one. Um, but it's much better to see a secular therapist than to see no therapist at all sure um and in saying that like one of the most important things in therapy is the relationship you have with your counselor Mm. and so if you go see someone and you're really not connecting whether it's because of the faith aspect or just something else because not everyone gets along with everyone sure then try someone else yeah keep persevering until you find someone who you connect with Mm -hmm. and that is going to be the most impactful thing when it comes to your ability to progress in counseling yeah yeah and something that came up to you when you were talking is like counseling is also not spiritual direction you know and I think uh, especially in the catholic world today like everybody seeks spiritual directors like I have a great spiritual director that I know and love, um, but, like, that's where, like, she helps guide, like, my spirituality and, like, where the Lord's, like, drawing me and stuff, which is awesome, but a mental health counselor, like, that's not their role, right? Like, and so, like, distinguishing that, um, I think is really good, because, yeah, I could see why some people would be like, oh, I need to see, like, a Catholic mental health counselor. Mm -hmm. Well, you're not necessarily going to them for like spiritual direction you know like this is about you as a person so yeah and if you are someone who wants to incorporate the faith into counseling you can request that of any counselor yeah Um, just as there are so many identities to all of us as humans and and faith is one of those Mm -hmm. you can bring any of that into counseling and say like this is something that's important to me um here's what I want you to know about me and my life Mm -hmm. and and go from there yeah no, it's good to know. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um, just in wrapping up, I just wanted to kind of ask, like, for you to personally share what your experiences have been just, like, in your field um, as you work towards being a licensed mental health counselor. Like, yeah, just any experiences you would like to share mm-hmm. with being Catholic in that field. 
Yeah, it's been quite a journey yeah. uh, being a person of faith in the field. There are far fewer of us than um, secular therapists. Mm-hmm. And so I've had a lot of challenges with figuring out what it means to be a person of faith in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, the field as a whole tends to be a lot more liberal, mm. um, which can be helpful in, in a lot of ways. I might even feel a little weird saying that, but yeah. um, because we're, we're trying to understand people. And sure, like open, kind of, have an open mind. Yeah, have that kinda, openness yeah. to understand everyone's experience and mm. not to say whether it's good or bad or right or wrong, but just to understand mm-hmm. um, the full experience of people in our community. Um, but there are challenges with reconciling, okay, how do I be open and understanding about these things while mm. also staying strong with what I personally sure. believe. Um, and so it was particularly challenging at first, asking myself some of those questions, yeah. and hearing what other people were saying, um, or questioning like, what would it be like to be in a room with someone who has very different beliefs than I do, or mm-hmm. to help them maybe make a decision that I don't personally agree mm-hmm. with. But once I started practicing everything kind of flipped for me and Mm -hmm. I realized like in the counseling space it's my job to like love people Mm -hmm. and to help them become the person that they want to be and to meet their goals to help them see truth to help them grow and while I might not be talking about faith with certain clients, um, I, I love when I get to talk about faith with yeah. them, but, but most of the clients I see, um, faith isn't a big part of the work mm-hmm. we do. Uh, but I, I get to look through that lens of the Catholic faith and of trying to ex- like experience and encounter people the way that God mm-hmm. wants to experience and encounter them. Um, and so I, it's such... A unique experience to get to bring that into my yeah. work as a counselor um, even if we're not directly talking about the faith yeah no I love that and it just reminded me of um, something that like I was convicted of and I've shared it on the podcast before of like I think it was back in February of just this idea of being like Christ's Eucharistic heart to the world yeah. um, and like I my motto I have it on my mirror is like go like love the crap out of people you know like that's what we're called to do and like just love them very well and radically and like they're gonna experience Christ through you mm-hmm. and maybe you can't speak of him to in a certain session with somebody but if they feel known and loved and seen and you're helping them become more the person that God created them to be like yeah like that's amazing mm-hmm. so Certainly, and and change happens through encounter, mm-hmm. and that's so much of the work that I get to do as a therapist is encounter people in their most broken, yeah. hardest moments. Yeah, and um, being kind of so young when I started this, I was mm-hmm. um, I think I just turned twenty two when I yeah. was seeing my first client. I was had not been exposed to that much hardship in my life. I sure. had had a lot of my own personal challenges with mental health, but. Um, I lived a very privileged and blessed life. Yeah. And when I started to be exposed to what other people deal with, mm-hmm. it felt really heavy. Yeah. Um, and that's you something that, that I still have to like figure out how to navigate just the weight of mm. everything that people experience in their life. But also it's helped me to be so much more aware of the beauty Mm. in everything and how even in the darkest of days like God shows up yeah and God is fully divine and fully human Mm. there's no human experience that he doesn't know yep 
And I feel like I get to understand the Lord more fully by seeing the depth of humanity. Oh, I love that. Oh, it's so real, you know? Like, yeah. that. yeah, he sanctified it all. He, mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much, Monica. Um, I guess I just wanted to ask, um, are there any resources or things that you would recommend to listeners? Um, I know I mentioned a couple that I'll say again, but I wanted to see if there were any first from you. Yeah, I mean, definitely, um, if you're interested in mindfulness, check out Dr. Greg Bataro's work. Um, he has his book, A Mindful Catholic, and um, he's done a lot of uh, blogs and videos and things. And he's so been on a lot of podcasts. I don't think he has his own podcast, but he's been on a lot, too. Yeah, but. there's a lot of great stuff out there. Yeah. Um, I know the Catholic therapist, she was a guest on a, a Seeking Excellence blog oh. or a podcast earlier. She talks a lot about mindfulness as yeah. well and shares some great resources. Yeah. Um, so those are two things I would recommend checking yeah. out. Sweet. And to add to that, I would um, add Brother Lawrence's book, practice of the presence of God, um, or practicing the presence of God. It's by brother Lawrence, but it's short, like 90 to a hundred page book, but it'll help you like integrate these two things, you know, the faith and your, your, your spiritual life and, um, your mental health, I think, and just learn to be present with joy more. So yeah, there's also a book called the Catholic guide to depression, mm. which, um, dives a lot into the integration of faith and mental health okay. um, and kind of tying in uh, the idea of spiritual direction as well and consolation sure, yeah. and desolation. Oh, because it's also um, intertwined. In yeah, and so it helps to kind of tease it apart a little bit more. Yeah. And it, that's just a book that's chock full of good stuff as yeah. well. Yeah, amazing. Sweet. Well, Monica, um, I always like our guests to close us in prayer. Would you mind closing us in prayer? I would love to. Sweet. All right. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit, Jesus. Help us to be present here with you. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to have this conversation with Josie. And I thank you for everyone who has been able to receive these words and to receive uh, the message that you want to share in their heart. Father, I pray that you help all of us to slow down, to be present, to experience you, and to experience ourselves the way you designed us to be. I ask that you bless all of us in our hearts in our minds, that we may be drawn closer to you and to joy, to truth, and to hope. I pray specifically for those of us who struggle with mental health in any way, that you can capture our hearts uh, and bring us close to you, bring us comfort. And I pray that we can offer every piece of ourselves, those parts that we find worthy and those parts we find unworthy, offer that to you, Lord, and to use it for your good. I pray all of these things in your most holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks so much, Monica, for coming on. And um, yeah, I did want to say if you want to follow Monica, she's on Instagram at Monica St. George, just S-T and then George. Um, That's yeah. my name. Straight, straight to the point, Monica St. George. So, but thanks for coming on the podcast today, Monica. Thank you fun. so much for having me, Josie. Yeah. See you guys. There we go. Good work. Thanks. That wasn't too bad, right?